0: Hello and welcome to the FSS Podcast. Now, depending on which order Alexia releases the episodes in, you will have noticed that I've been gone for a week, maybe a bit more. I was uh, sick the past few weeks a couple of times. Anyways, today we have a very special guest who would like to introduce themselves.
1: Hello, uh, I'm Mr. Bear. Uh, Thank you for having me and I hope the fact that I made you guys write an exam today does not negatively influence this interview. No,
2: totally not. (laughs)
0: History is a great subject I find. I I enjoy it. non sarcastically Okay, let's get started with the questions. Which subjects are you qualified to teach and what grades do you teach these Hmm. subjects?
1: I'm uh, qualified to teach English and History all the way from grade 5 to the Abitur. And right now I teach 7th grade English, 10th grade History, 11th grade English and 12th grade English.
0: So we're the ones you teach history to?
1: Yes, right now you are.
0: All right. Uh, why did you become a teacher?
1: Okay, my story, I think, is a bit different from those teachers who ended up teaching uh, because of a series of unforeseen events. I think you've had quite a few of those on here. Uh, yeah, after I finished school, I really wanted to be a history teacher. And I knew that there was something I was so passionate about that I never really seriously considered to do anything else. And, uh, yeah, you know that teachers in Germany, uh, they need to have two subjects. So, um, I obviously graduated in Germany, but I was in the very lucky situation that I could attend high school in Michigan when I was 15, uh, 16, 17.
0: Uh, 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 How did that end up happening, if I may ask? Yeah,
1: that's uh, probably a bit too complex to really get into the details right now. But for me, English was just a very logical choice for uh, a second subject. So, um, yeah, I have to admit that when I was in university, my focus kind of shifted from history to English because I realized that literature and uh, cultural theory and also the didactics of foreign language learning uh, were things that I was a bit more passionate about than Uh, history which can be
0: a bit dry i mean history uh, depends on the teacher because it can be taught in a very exciting but also in a boring way
1: yes Uh, today i really like uh, teaching both subjects i would say and one thing that really interests me in general is also how they overlap So for example, um, uh, reading uh, poetry and in history, uh, learning about the political historical backgrounds of of literature, that is what really interests me.
0: And uh, if I may ask, uh, why don't you teach history in English at the school? That actually
1: is a good question. Um, I think for once all of you have a lot of classes in English already and I think we have more students who are struggling with German uh, opposed to students who are struggling with learning English And on the other side, German, obviously is my first language, and I'm also happy to talk in my native language, at least at some parts.: That's Of the day.
2: Very understandable. Uh,
1: but yeah, you guys
0: can't, right? Because you speak.: uh, well, do you think you can't? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, do you think you would be able to teach history in English? I've never
1: done it before, and I also I think for, you need a very specific certification from the
0: Berlin Center. I mean in general, do you think yes, that you, have, you uh, have the knowledge in yes, English I could, to teach it? I could do that.
1: All right. Uh, one thing that I'm interested in, uh, I didn't do it with you guys yet, is also to teach specific parts of history in English. So do it, doing it in a way that we can actually switch between languages, because that is also something that I think is very interesting about bilingual learning in general. Uh, uh, I remember we'll...
0: Miss Ramsey had a for you one time and because uh, she's also a history teacher and an English teacher so uh, we would like switch between English and German very fluently <laughs> between yeah. she would ask something like in English someone would answer in German she'd say something back in German so it, it, it's not the best system but it works now you mentioned that you've uh, learned both in Germany and in the US so what kind of student were you in your school days
1: Uh, that's uh that's a bit difficult i would say i think when i was in seventh grade or eighth grade i was probably a bit of a class clown i know that that changed later on and um yeah by the time i was in 12th grade or uh, 13th grade because i went to school for 13 years uh yeah i was i think a bit more serious and organized i I liked organizing things in general my my entire abitur procedure I think I was also the editor of my uh, Abitzeitung or the yearbook. Well, basically that is the German yearbook equivalent.
0: Uh, What was your favorite and least favorite subject when you were at school?
1: Okay, uh, I was always doing well in languages and uh, in humanities, and I think I also did alright in in math, uh, at least most of the time, but I absolutely hated physics and chemistry. And uh, back then I actually blamed my teachers for my lack of interest but nowadays that I'm a teacher myself I know that they mostly really did a bad job and maybe they are partially to blame for my lack of interest in those disciplines.
2: I mean, there are some students who just can't really get into a subject and because some students are really not interested but I mean uh, it really depends on the teacher because we had uh, multiple teachers for history and with some of them it was not interesting at all. With you it's a different like story for instance like you, you actually yeah you're actually good at <laughs> what you're doing some teachers are just not passionate about it at all. You really get bored into to about some guys from like uh, hundred years away doing. I think our something. topics
1: are also a bit more interesting than yeah. what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah yeah
2: because like when we're spending like we're getting closer and closer into wars and like uh, uh, USA, Soviet Union that's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah I, I get that and I, now thinking back about my, my chemistry teacher in particular I mean it was a public school that I attended right so we were probably 32 students in a classroom and then uh, asked to conduct a chemistry uh, experiment in an orderly manner and that was just bound to fail. So uh, maybe they were just frustrated with it.
0: I remember a short anecdote uh, when we first got to gymnasium, so in seventh grade, with our, uh, on our first lesson of history, The teacher asked us what we would like to learn in history, and everyone immediately said World War II. And she said that, no, you guys don't do it until 10th grade. And back then, 10th grade seemed like an infinite time away. So we were really sad that we had to do everything leading up to World War II.
2: But dreams come true, right?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, in in my experience, uh,
1: actually, students frequently complain about that one topic uh, always just showing up over and over. Again, I think you will do it again in 12th grade, so...
2: I mean, it really depends, like, if you look at the topic from a different point of view, then it's interesting, if it's just repetitive, then it's just boring. Do you have any extra responsibilities
0: at the school?
1: Yes, so, um, I am head of our English department, so what we've been working on uh, for the past year or so is to establish a bit more uniformity, when it comes to what we are actually teaching, because, uh, well, you know that we are in this special situation. We have to consider the Berlin curriculum on the one side, and at the same time, uh, our students' capabilities are oftentimes much higher than what the curriculum wants us to do, in particular in regards to speaking, but also in uh, reading and writing. So for example, uh, my seventh grade class right now, they all pick their own novels and read it and write about it, and you could not do that in a non-bilingual school where you would basically just work your way through the textbook from uh, start to finish. So what we are trying to do right here is to combine uh, the approach of teaching English as a foreign language because we also have to consider that English is a foreign language for most of our students, even though many of them speak it at a very advanced level, uh, Yeah, and combine that approach with the ap- approaches from literature or composition classes that you would attend in the United States or in Canada or anywhere in the English-speaking world.
0: Uh, I have a friend who goes to a public German gymnasium in uh, Dusseldorf and uh, she always complains because she speaks English on a similar similar level to me and uh, she's actually ninth grade. So, and they're still doing like a simple a simple past tense and like they're still uh, learning about the grammatics and everything and for her that's very boring. Yeah, the, filling
1: the blank exercises over and over again.
0: Uh, yeah that's obviously not what we are
1: well, well what we want to do here so
2: yeah people are hosting podcasts here in english you know
1: uh, yeah obviously you guys don't need that uh necessarily right
2: no no we're like uh, for instance i'm not that advanced like uh, yeah any other student, basically in our class can do the same as i do so yeah like everybody's at a very advanced level i would say with like Very few exceptions, like I don't remember anyone like past ninth grade to not be able to speak English.
1: Yes, Uh, and apart from that I'm also, because you've just mentioned her before, I'm also a Frau Ramsey's mentor. So what I'm trying to do is to help her navigate uh, the very intricate situation of being uh, a trainee teacher in the German school system. And I can uh, definitely tell you that all your teachers are glad that that part of their life is over. So I'm, I'm glad to help her.
0: What are you like outside of school?
1: Okay, so uh, I like arts and uh, in general I like arts and I like music. So I play a few instruments and uh, I practice them because I've never really been classically trained in any of them. So for me it's like a never-ending uh, process of learning. I also play in a band and we practice quite a lot right now. And I'm totally not going to tell you the name of the band.
2: Uh, I, what do you play?
0: I play bass. Oh, uh, The bass player is always the most legendary part of the band. Uh, are You uh, You don't have to say the name, but are you on Spotify, your band? No, not uh, quite yet, no. but we will
1: get there, I think. Um, <laughs> Same. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Soundcloud for now. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh,
1: and I also think, uh, Alexei, it's interesting that you do the beats for your podcast. I remember when I was younger, I uh, was able to use uh, FL Studio.
2: Yes, that is what I'm using.
1: Oh, that's actually what you're using? Yes, that is. I think I kind of lost track of it when I was 18 or 19, but I was quite good at it for a while. Uh, And one thing that I also really liked doing um, at various points in my life is uh, acting and theater, and I would really like to get into that again, but I absolutely do not have the time for it.
2: I mean, yeah, it seems like you're already the history, the English teacher, and you are in a band, and I know that like stuff like bands takes a lot of time, from your life, and then there's private life, and like, you know, too much. Theater takes up like thousands of years Yes, it does. from Mischarowski's Har- uh, stories.
1: Yeah, and I have to emphasize again that I've never really been trained to do any of those things, I just learned them by doing, so the only thing that I actually prof- know how to do on a professional level uh, being a teacher.
0: So you don't think that you would be able
2: to be a music teacher at the school?
1: No, absolutely not. Uh,
2: Why not why not (laughs) making a shout out for the band though? Like this is such a great opportunity.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe next time if you have me again in a couple of years.
0: Maybe. Alright, think of a perfect student. What qualities would the student possess?
1: Okay, uh, that's a bit complicated. Um, I think the perfect student is somebody who is very critical, a critical of themselves and their own attitudes and values, but also critical of their environment and um, yeah, of their own environment and somebody who is capable of uh, reflecting on that in a way that is not uh, completely destructive but actually helps to improve. Um, that means I like students that do not only tell me what they think I like to hear. So one thing that is very important for me in general is that I help students on the way to make up their own mind and form their own opinion on almost everything that we are doing in class. I think that should always be the ultimate goal.
2: Uh, Based on your statement right now, would you consider yourself right now a perfect student? Myself? Yes. a, A perfect student of what? Just a perfect student. Like, you just described us, what is a perfect student? Do you match your own uh, expectations?
1: No, and I certainly did not (laughs) match it when I was a student myself because I was very disruptive and uh, actually, I oftentimes felt that the teacher was trying to push the discussion into a certain direction and then I would oftentimes say the opposite just in order to make a point about it. And I think I always have myself as a student in the back of my head and I think I would be able to react to that more or less appropriately.
2: Are you trying to move towards that? Uh, like towards being the perfect self? Is that why you're being so organized?
1: Oh God, no. Uh, <laughs> and I don't think I'm perfect at all. I think I'm, uh, I don't know. But well, I, I, I think you. I'm just, uh,
2: well, trying to improve you came here with a list of answering the <laughs> questions we send you so like you're the first teacher to do that for sure yeah, I was
1: just I was just scared of just talking nonsense right now for 60 minutes and then regretting it don't yeah.
2: worry we are doing this for two years straight right now and posting it weekly so <laughs> it's just about the habit you get used to it.
1: okay if I anything
2: we, we steer the conversation here
0: not you <laughs> 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 uh, ha, ha. Uh, did you teach it any other schools before coming to UFSAS or is this your first school?
1: Yes, so I started uh, as a substitute teacher which is a bit special since this job doesn't really exist in most German states Uh, but however I went to university that existed and that was a comprehensive school just out there in the middle of nowhere in western Germany and uh, I remember that the principal would always call me uh, very early in the morning at around 6 And then, uh, of course I would still be asleep by then, and then asked me to come to school because another teacher was ill. And that was a kind of school where almost all of the teachers were relatively close to retirement age. So naturally, a lot of them were ill uh, quite often. And um, yeah, I just went there and most of the time I just completely had to improvise. And I remember that, I, I, I can imagine that actually I learned much more from the entire situation than the students did. Yeah, so I did that for a year and a half, I think. And then after I graduated, I briefly worked at a primary school, then did one and a half years of teacher training uh, at another private school, which was technically very well-equipped, kind of like this school, but they didn't have a podcast. So that was (laughs) a major difference. Um, And before I worked here, before I transferred here, uh, I worked at a At the public school in Tempelhof uh, here in Berlin. Uh, I also kind of liked it there, but they made me teach German and geography as well. And naturally I like uh, teaching the subjects that I've actually studied the most. So um, yeah, I uh, was really happy about my decision to transfer here. Uh,
0: So all your teaching experiences have been in Germany, correct? Yes. And uh, is there anything special about the school where you, that you prefer over the other schools or just that you get to teach the subjects that you want to teach? Uh, yeah, what
1: really made the school very interesting for me in the beginning was the, uh, the open learning environments. Naturally, um, I, on the one side, I'm really sad that the LRs are gone right now. I think you might agree there LRs with me. LRs were nice, yeah. Uh, but then again, I also believe that the school didn't really have a choice. So, um, the ideal situation would have been for us to have classrooms uh, on the one side and then the LRs with your desks. But in the building that we are in right now, we simply do not have uh, enough space for it. So, I'm uh, what- in general very uh, supportive of the entire. Transition process, yeah, uh, it was very inclusive. I think we formed some sort of steering committee last year to discuss some of the questions that came up with the reconstruction process, and uh, yeah, I was also a part of that. And I was really glad that we managed to keep many of the open spaces, and you will also see that when the other LR opens uh, next year that. yeah, not everything will be covered by classrooms entirely.
2: Well, we actually discussed with another teacher what would be the perfect um, way of dealing with this, and the perfect way of dealing with this would be buying the whole third floor. This would be ideal, but unfortunately, we don't have the money for that. And yeah, we've been to one of the classrooms, like of the LR one, for the first time. I mean, we rode the what did we write the test uh for history there <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah right <laughs> oh, what a coincidence and um, yeah like it actually is feels so like i thought it's going to be fine like just in the i i didn't understand what people meant it's like well yeah those are classrooms but they're like huge but they're not as huge as in the law so you kind of feel more like in boxed than you you right. to be. that's yeah.
0: And there are no doors. I do not understand what there are no doors. They so are
1: still coming. Oh, alright.
0: So there will be doors.
2: This is going to make the box situation even worse
0: though. No, but we, we our input got taken just now for Valve and we had to be in the LR1 and we were disturbing the entire... LR because
2: there are no doors and just yeah just that will change and the troubles. inputs
1: just need to go they
2: yeah, uh, uh, yeah. they can't stay yeah no. they're just
0: horrible <laughs> like
2: um, we haven't been in uh, the inputs for like two years because of corona and now that we're back there we're first into it we realize how like there's no space whatsoever
1: yes absolutely I just taught a class and there and it was alright because it was a 12th grade class but in particular with the younger groups you can't Force them to stay in there for longer periods of time.
2: Yeah, and being concentrated on the subject as well at the same time. Absolutely. So
0: I'm not exactly sure um, how appropriate this question is for you, but uh, you've mentioned that you've lived in the US and in the west of Germany as well. Uh, Are you originally from Berlin or...? uh... No, I grew up in uh, in Western Germany, in in a heavily industrialized
1: area there. And uh, that's where I spent most of my life until I graduated from school and then I moved into a different city to go to university there. So I only moved to Berlin uh, about two years ago.
0: All right, then uh, I can still ask the question, what do you think about living in Berlin, the capital of Germany? Uh, that's a good question,
1: um, I, I, I actually really love and enjoy living here, Yeah, just uh, the, the entire aspect of culture that the city has to offer. I Also remember that um, so I went to university in Gießen for most of the time and that is um, yeah just a small college town basically, about a one hour drive from Frankfurt away. I really enjoyed going to university there because everything was so small and it was you could literally walk everywhere. And I remember that when I was in university I really benefited from the entire situation and myself at 19 moving to Berlin, I think I would just have been lost in the city. So as somebody who didn't grow up here, I, I, I'm glad that I was able to move here uh, at a point in my life where I was Already a bit more mature, I think, um, as opposed to just being a university student.
0: Yeah, even me as a person who moved here when I was four, I I've basically uh, I've basically grew up in Zellendorf, and uh, only recently, like in the past two years or something like that, I started actually using public transport myself and uh, going to other parts of the city. When I first started doing that, yeah, I'd go out to, uh, like, the more I know to call it uh, place of the city with taller buildings than in Seelendorf I'd also be like whoa is this even the same city everything's so uh, complicated and everything yeah it's a it's a a big big city Uh,
2: the logistics uh, though like they are really we discuss uh,
0: this every episode but just what do you mean by
1: logistics
2: uh, transportation transportation like uh, the transportation system really keeps up with the like the hugeness and uh, diversity of berlin because like you can get like the buses and the ubans and s may we be complicated u-bans. <laughs> may be complicated to memorize like how and where to go but you can get anywhere by bus this is amazing
1: you are right but then again i come here every day by car because just using public transportation for me to get here uh, would take forever and i'm actually much faster when i drive and I live in Kreuzberg so I'm driving I mean, from the city center out to the exteriors.
2: I mean, it makes sense for sure. That like uh, a lot, like in a lot of situations, private transport is just faster than public transport, and that's like an everywhere situation. The, the situation could be different if, only if you're talking, like, uh, from city to city. Then maybe the train will be faster, but, like, in cities normally you just... Yeah, car is, of course, faster than uh, a public bus or anything. But if you are somebody who can't um, afford a car uh, or can't drive a car or anything like that, then, well, it's much better to have public transport here than to not, you know? Because uh, us as students, we don't have cars we can't or some Absolutely. other teachers like they live god knows where and they still can get here right here at the bus stop yeah
1: the public transportation system is obviously relatively well developed here in berlin also as opposed to um, many other places in germany
0: do you have any opinions on how the school has been changing over time we just discussed this with how the LRs, uh have been changing a lot in the few years but any other aspects you'd like to discuss on how the school has been changing over time.
1: Um,
0: How long have you been at the school, actually?
1: I started in, uh, after the summer break of last year, so in in August of 2020. So I never really knew the way that the LRs were actually supposed to be functioning, because last year we were in the sort of weird in-between period where we had uh, the LR desks uh, supposed to form a traditional classroom and that didn't work out too well. So I think the way it is right now is already a big progress. But I also would have loved to see uh the LS in the way that they were originally intended.
2: Uh the way they were originally intended, you would basically you know how like at this offices you have like your own kind of cubicles. Cubicle, yeah, you have like you know how cubicles yes. look like? We basically had that but without like the walls. walls so we had like, you know, there would be three tables in a row, and then three tables in front of, right in front of you. You would have like your own little wall here, where you could pin stuff to. You would have your own locker right there. Everything you leave on your table, I mean, was like somewhat safe. So like, if it's not, uh, if it's just papers, probably nobody would t- take it from you. So you had actually your own desk. Oh, I know to compare it to uh, uh, where. You know where in the LR1 when you ri- walk right into it? Not from the staircase, but like the second door. When you yes. walk in, you've seen this like uh, tables this tender That's what we used to have. And there are like a lot of them for all of the students. Like the ones that teachers have right now.
1: Okay, yeah, I remember how it looked like, right? I was oh, here. Oh, so uh, still
2: here because I don't remember. <laughs>
1: I don't remember what was there. They like, just have honest. a bad memory, I think.
2: Uh, yeah. Yes, I mean, imagine we, we were like coronavirus. Yeah. So much. During the teenager period, like
1: yeah, I can I can I I get that. Um, yeah, what I have described it um, as before as a mix of a of a startup office slash co-working space slash university library slash some sort of educational facility, because in particular because the ceilings are so low, it doesn't really feel like a school because most schools that I know were located in older buildings. And this room does does have relatively high ceilings, I think, but um, I actually it doesn't never, feel like that. I, I never noticed that, but that now
0: that you mention it in comparison to like the classical German gymnasiums, it does definitely have a yeah, the lower, lower ceiling. the building feels
1: completely different and I think all of us have been um, just amazed by the fact that they managed to construct a
2: school on top of the um, a, yeah. a shopping mall. Right? So we have a sports hall. Yeah on the third floor it's,
0: it, it's not a small sports hall either it's, it's like a, a gigantic <laughs> sports hall not every school can like <laughs> have something like this yeah i, I remember when i was switching um, schools and after fourth grade my mom told me for the first time like oh yeah the school's on top of the uh, I'm like how's that supposed to work? How can there be a school on top of a building? <laughs> and uh, then I came here and it was a lot nicer than I, than 4th grader and me had imagined. Do you guys enjoy going to school here?
2: I would say so, yes. I mean, uh, I can only compare to a Belarusian private, <laughs> <Okay>. private <laughs> school, but a Belarusian private school. So like it is a very, it is pretty damn classical and like you wouldn't have computers you would have everything written down and it's not even about that it's about the teachers the passion to the students the like overall of course we do it here i mean we i'm both... gonna say some negative stuff you can cut this out later yeah.
0: uh, the, the, the the thing i i probably don't we probably will need to cut this out the thing i don't like about the school is um that it's a, a much smaller school than uh, like other schools and you don't have the feeling of like oh yeah this this dude like we have four parallel classes there's a guy in the fourth parallel class who knows someone and stuff like that like the stuff you see in uh, american high school movies yes because uh, you go through the hallways and every single kid you like recognize which is partially
2: a good thing but yeah it's just at the same time because classes are so small we actually know everyone in our like parallel and like the class we are at because like even some parties that are going on there's so like everybody is there from like the same like grade and that's actually amazing that's something you wouldn't see so much somewhere else and i mean you're asking whether we like it and we're here for the sixth year and we didn't switch schools so you know (laughs) it's quite alright here
1: Okay, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I can only say, as somebody who knows the German public school system really well, also as a student, I would probably really have enjoyed to go here. One thing that you can do really well right here and you can do that in public school is height. I think you are Mm -hmm. under a a very close supervision right here because every teacher knows where you are and um, because uh, classes are so small, uh, teachers get to actually read most of the work that you hand in, and um, yeah, you just can't hide really well right here. And some students probably would prefer to do that, in particular during the awkward uh, teenage years.
2: I mean, like, it also helps your character development that you can't hide, so you actually have to deal with whatever is yes, going on. Yes, be- absolutely. Because if that wouldn't be a thing, I would be hiding for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great option. But both of you are pretty outgoing, uh, do you think? Sort of, I'd say so. It really depends. (laughs) Because, like, yes, but at the same time, sometimes, like, a lot of teachers think that we're just, like, so outgoing and so extrovert. But at the same time, we sometimes sit in, like, in the basement and we're like, Dude, I will have to talk to someone right there, you know, do I talk to this man? Like, maybe I just don't. And we just cheer each other up to say hi, like, you know, we're still just people. We're not superstars. Yeah. I swear, somebody recognized me from school that I interviewed Miss Chernyak and said, hi, are you this guy? And I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs>
1: I'm not sure if you guys remember, but I sure do remember that during the first time I ever had you in class, I actually recognized you from doing the podcast, because I listened to the podcast <laughs> one of my first couple of weeks uh, when, when I started to work here.
2: Yeah, I mean, we do remember that you, remem- rem- like, rem- remember <laughs> that you recognized us. Uh, some other teachers did it as well. But, like, you know, this is teachers. Because, like, if you hear as an adult that there is a podcast, a school podcast, okay, this means something. But when you're a students, I mm, prefer Netflix. I prefer Netflix, right, or, like, some other. We still appreciate it, though. Yeah, do oh, you I know totally. how many people listen to your podcast? We have yes, all, we the we uh, all the statistics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, <confident>. they're disappointing. Confidential. They're not confidential. they're disappointing.
0: I like to go back to the thing um, of uh, yeah hiding, as you put it. The old school that I went to had a huge campus where you'd have to walk between buildings to get from class to class. And there was definitely the aspect where it's like a place that like teachers don't know about or something. Or once again, my friend from uh, Düsseldorf, uh, she says uh, on the other side of campus, there's a one bathroom that everyone forgets about you could like go there during break talk to friends and stuff we we don't have that but i, I think it's fine more or less we have an ad right under our school that's that's got to be worth sure. something yeah, which,
1: which you guys are not allowed to go to at least during school not, not, yeah because yeah. yeah, we're not right? graduated
2: but oh okay yeah. it's like the third level of graduation where you may uh, go there during your breaks let's put yeah. this way. So one, you're not
0: one day i'll collect enough social points to be able to go to edica well, <laughs> yes, someday
2: some people yeah. still do that though huh? yeah. how many
1: social points do you get for doing this
0: 10 per
2: half but, year
1: but then you graduate right
2: yes oh. like if you have if we have 10 points like and some other uh, characteristics mean yeah so basically we are automatically graduated to level two
1: yeah. but you know what
2: i'm not i'm not graduated still <laughs> Okay, then maybe you should talk to somebody about uh, that. Yeah, or you just right, wait right, until I,
1: the summer break and then you're in the 11th grade.
2: speaking and- about hiding, right? <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling Alexia, like, y- you can you can graduate
0: to level two and then you can leave the school because I always have to leave this poor guy alone on the last uh, hour. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm too scared. How <laughs> <I'll> fast? <laughs> um, is there a role model in your life? And uh, what inspires you? Very deep philosophical question.
1: <laughs> no, I do not have uh, an idol or a role model. It's I a think...
0: very brave answer. I don't think anyone said that. Yeah, so. I
1: wish I could just say something right
2: now, but... No, well, it's it's fine. It's better than
0: making <laughs> things up. I don't think I have a role model in my li- life either.
2: Yet, what is inspiring you? Oh, God. Love for the English language. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, History y- of Brazil. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What, why Brazil?
2: <laughs> there is no reason why Brazil. I'm going to be honest. Absolutely no reason. We are um, there is a legend that I speak I don't I don't understand English and everything I say is random and we live this in this one parallel universe where I meet everything right. So this Brazil thing is just something I got off. Small area I didn't guess.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, I did not understand what you were just trying to tell me, but I accept it, uh Thank you very Thank you. Much.
0: There's a theory among us that Alexei's speech in English is a randomly generated pattern of words that he like read in a dictionary because he does make some small grammatical mistakes sometimes and that we just happen to be so lucky that Alexei has never, his code has never failed to create like a sentence that makes no sense. <laughs> it's it's complicated.
1: I, I just talked about a random uh, sentence generating uh, algorithms with 12th grade just in the in the last lesson that's a that weird I was coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a weird
2: coincidence. Hmm. <laughs> so, but. Back to the topic. What inspires you? What inspires you from, like, getting up and going to school, teaching uh, history, English, all cut, that? Alexa, cut this Playing thing. in the band? Alexey, cut this out. But
1: paycheck. <laughs> 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 Maybe, may, may right? I mean, I'm uh, a man has to, to eat. <laughs> yeah. I think. And I also gen, like I genuinely enjoy what I'm doing most of the time. And if I'm not having fun doing something in particular, then I'm trying to change it. And I think that's a very... Maybe that's a valuable lesson for life. I don't know, you can't always get out of every situation that you are in. But uh, if, you, if
0: you do something you love and you get paid for it, that's the more power to you, right? <laughs> yes,
1: uh, I, I hope so, at least.
0: I need someone who says music. All right, we're going to be winding things down here. Would you like to give a shout-out to anything, anyone? Maybe plug your band or recommend any movies or good music you've listened to recently?
1: Okay, uh, if you've had me uh, as a teacher, then you know that I really love films and uh, TV shows, right? I think in history, we don't really watch um too many films
0: simply because we don't have no time. We watch Mr. Wilson to go.
1: Yes, <laughs> I, I love him. I wish I could just I, I, yeah. boil
0: it down to the essence as much uh, as that man. I watch him outside of school. Absolutely love his channel. Yes,
1: he's uh, the true Mr. Swathard of uh, history. Right. <laughs> There's no reason for a history teacher to ever start a channel like Mr. Swarthout does. So uh, probably my favorite show of all time and I just started to re-watch it again is an American series called The Wire from the early 2000s and yeah that show it starts out as a crime drama kind of but then it turns into something uh, much larger and I always recommend everybody to watch it and I think uh, Well, the show has received so much critical acclaim over the years that people recommending it as, uh, hey, this is the best show of all time, Uh, you have to watch it, uh, has kind of become a meme. So, I think, yeah, I'm just the person from the meme right now because I love the show to, yeah, so much, I think. And now it, I just realized it's a bit awkward that I don't have an idol, but I can talk so passionately about a TV show that aired 20 years ago. Not <laughs> I, sure what the, 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 the Did you actually
0: catch it when it was airing, or did you watch it on streaming services? You obviously or?
1: do not have an idea of how old I am, but I did not watch it when it originally aired.
0: I, I mean, just. Hulos. Maybe it reruns or something on uh, the TV. No, I, I, I watched it for the first
1: time maybe 10 years ago or so, I think.
0: Uh, any actors we would recognize who are in the show?
1: Yes, uh, Idris Elba plays a bad guy and he was oh. the guy who was considered to play the next James Bond. So,
2: um, oh yeah, that guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, and well, a, a, few, a few others. Wood Harris is relatively famous, Dominic West. I'm not sure. But it was never financially successful. It's like a show that is loved by academics and critics. Is, is it a long show?
0: Like multiple Yes, seasons? five
1: seasons of about 10 to 12 episodes of 60
0: minutes Is each. it on any streaming services or...? Uh, not uh, on
1: any streaming services that I have access to. It was never really popular in Germany, I think.
2: I mean, a good Google search will always find you the show you're... <laughs> yeah, if you ever watch
1: platform? it, uh, tell me uh, what you think about it.
2: Okay, we will do. We will, if we will have time to do so. Yeah,
1: that is always the biggest problem, I think, nowadays. You just don't have time. Right,
2: right. (laughs) 10th grade.
1: (laughs) I I don't have to write an MSA exam at the end of the school. And you don't
2: have to correct them, right?
1: Not any MSA exams, but your history exams, which you do today. Good luck on that. <laughs> Good luck to you guys. Oh, uh, yeah,
0: right. uh, by the way, I actually had a question for you, like a personal question. So, if we choose history as a subject for MSA uh, presentation, we can only do that in German, right?
1: I German. have absolutely no idea. Talk to uh, for a reassuring things to I'm, hear. I'm glad to do, uh, to help you on your uh, uh, well preparing your presentation exam for the MSA, but I do not know anything about the procedure.
0: Right. So, because I was actually um, considering doing history as my subject. Uh,
1: but you guys actually speak English- German much better than you admit, so you could do it in Rice. German. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like I realized that when I was doing the interview with Holger, I yeah, can actually I, I, talk I, German. Yeah. I wasn't there. I, mean, I, do I, I, I just alone. like the next day I run up to Alex, dude. We are underestimating our German <laughs> capabilities. <laughs> yeah,
1: you. Absolutely do, but uh, if you are more comfortable doing it in English then that is, it it was
0: just might be
1: okay as well. It depends on whether um, it is technically possible.
0: Uh, Now you've said that you've heard about our professionalism before starting uh, the recording. Were you uh, were you shown otherwise, or are the rumors true about our uh, about our professionalism?
1: Yes, you are very professional. I was actually very nervous when we started this, and now I'm relatively uh, relatively relaxed. Thanks. Um, yeah. Thank you guys. Uh, uh,
2: any comments on how we would uh, Yeah, that was the next question us. I
1: would,
0: uh, want to ask. Is there any questions you think we should add to the interview list or anything we should do differently in general?
1: Yeah, one thing that I would um, maybe not complain about, but so far uh, you have only interviewed uh, the non-German teachers at the school, but now you just said that you interviewed Frau Gottstein as well?
2: Yeah, because uh, um, we... Yes, we are intentionally do, we're doing the English teachers first, because uh, first of all, we do sp- like do we do host the um, podcast in English. And this is the more comfortable language for us. Uh, second of all, uh, the teachers were actually like um, uh, very close friends with. And we know that they would like just jump into the podcast that like has one interview before them, like they were also speaking English. So like we had a plan on how to make this project alive and part of it was first of all starting with English but we are running out of English teachers so we are going to jump into the German area very soon.
1: Yes, so you uh, as you have figured out you could either do it yourself or I just uh, met your eighth grade uh, interns that you have so maybe you might also teach them how to conduct an interview in the same professional manner that you just have we are
2: trying, but it cost us two years to get our professional manners. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually listened to one or two very old episodes oh, from, from the way back. I scrolled down all the way on Spotify, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I can see that there's Quite right, the development.
2: Quite a lot of development. Yeah, also, you right. got
1: to your voices, right? Because you yeah. started to doing his, it in 7th grade.
2: I've been like that for <laughs> since 8th grade. I believe. Like, we were trying like back in the Anthony's day... Anthony's voice. Anthony's voice is the craziest Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. We were glad to have you here interviewed. That it was a wonderful interview. Thank you. You came here well prepared. And I think that paid off. So, guys. This has been the FSS Podcast, the grand interview with Herbert. Interviewed by Alex and Alexei. And you hear the next episode with the next teacher next week. Bye. I <laughs> know
1: I wanted to ask something. Um that I fifth, would probably ask
0: 5th. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. But six since fifth. All right. Well, sorry, we cut you off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Just continue your debate. Just ignore your (laughs) guest.
2: Right?